Okay, if you want to open your Bibles along with me, we are in Leviticus chapter 20. Leviticus chapter 20. You know, I want to mention while you're opening your Bibles, uh, one of the little children from church uh, last week asked Vi if what we have here on the table is a birthday cake. And um, it's actually an, an exact replica of the tabernacle in the wilderness, wilderness, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we have a sheet here that tells you all about the tabernacle and how it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so um, if you want to come up sometime and look at it, you can. And, ooh, ah, and that's just a, that's actually not real. Um, you can actually lift this up and see the Holy of Holies in here and the Ark of the Covenant and all the uh, articles of the holy place as well. So I just wanted to mention that. Let's pray. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, and we thank you so much for your Holy Spirit and the way he is able to save our souls from death and hell. We're thankful, Father, that you came into this earth, and Father, that through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we have assurance, assurance of eternal life, forgiveness of sin. And now, Father, I pray that you would come and cause your Holy Spirit to fall upon us as a people, as a church, and anoint and use me to minister, Lord, that I might be able to minister to these, your people. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, um, this portion of Scripture is very gruesome and descriptive of gross immorality. Now, one of the things we have to understand before we get into this portion is the fact that so often people are saying, What are the signs of the end times? What's the sign of his coming? Well, there are a lot of very, you know, physical and definite signs that we can look at. We can look at what's happening in the Middle East. We can see all the nations of Ezekiel 38 lining up in Syria to come against Israel. We can see all those things, and of course, those are great signs. But I believe that the greatest sign of his coming is the gross immorality and depravity that our world has fallen into. You might be asking why. Because God's judgment is coming upon the world before, or, you know, he's going to take his church out, and God's wrath and judgment is falling on the world. Well, there has to be a reason for God's judgment and his wrath to fall upon this world. And I think as we go through this um, teaching, we'll recognize that we're living in those days. I mean, if there's ever been a time that God's wrath would come and a time for his church to be taken out of the world, It is now, I assure you that. Now, one of the things that's interesting, as far as just talking about the immorality that we're seeing in this world, I um, actually had a bunch of tests, part of it was a stress test this past week, and I was sitting, and they have a back sitting room where you're in between the different tests that you're you're, uh, involved in, and they had a TV on there. And I'm looking at the TV, and they had this one person come on, and this person was Carol and also Carl, and he was gender fluid. Some days he wakes up and he says, I'm Carol, and that's why I'm dressed like this, with the skirt and you know all this stuff. Some days I wake up and I'm dressed like Carl, like a man. And anyway, this video goes on, and it actually starts pointing out why we need to be sensitive not only to those who are um, gender fluid, but LGBT 
as being normal, that this is the way they were born. And so we have to understand and cater to their needs. But the fact in saying that this is the way they were born is accusing God. Because God has determined, you know, right from the womb, whether we would have the DNA of male or female. And God has laid out very specific ways that we are to be and behave as males and females, which we'll be getting into in just a moment. Now, in Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20, listen to this. It says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. And that's what we're seeing today. I don't think we realize how depraved we've become because of what is called gradualism. And I've shared this with you before. And um, if you take a frog and you drop a frog into an open pot of boiling water, the frog will jump right out. But if you take a frog and you put it in a pot of cool water and turn the heat on under it, that frog will swim around as that water heats up until it boils to death. In other words, it's gradualism. And all of a sudden, the frog finds itself accepting the heat, which is eventually going to kill it. And I think that's the way it is with sin. Sin always takes us further than we ever intended it to do. And the sin that we're seeing in this world has been heating up, heating up, heating up, until I believe that even many believers don't recognize the sin that they might even be involved in themselves and their acceptance of gross sin. Now, considering the the, the frightening fact that one of the things it's going to be uh, we're going to be looking at in this portion is called bestiality and consider the frightening fact bestiality is completely legal understand what i'm saying completely legal in the following states districts and territories ready alabama arkansas washington dc guam hawaii kentucky montana nevada new hampshire new jersey new mexico ohio Texas, Vermont, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Completely legal there. As a matter of fact, the only ones that are fighting against it in those states are animal rights activists. I'm serious. And what they're saying is the animal can't give its consent. And so they're, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable to see where we have come to and just the blindness that we have. And this is why in Revelation chapter 5, verses 16 and 17, it says this, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Does anyone have any doubts in the times in which we're living why God's wrath is coming upon the earth? I don't think we have any doubts at all. And things keep getting worse and worse, and it's like we have put on blinders, and, and we're, we're just not seeing it. <clears throat> now, in Leviticus, if you want to open, this is what we're I'm going, to, going to be reading the whole chapter. So if you'd open Leviticus chapter 20 and follow along with me. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Again, you shall say to the children of Israel, Whoever of the children of Israel or of the strangers who dwell in Israel who gives any of his descendants to Moloch, and, and I'll be explaining that 
a little bit later, who Moloch was and what it's all about. He shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones, and I will set my face against that man and will cut him off from the peoples because he has given some of his descendants to Moloch to defile my, my, my sanctuary and profane my holy name. And if the people of the land should in any way hide their eyes from the man, in other words, oh, I don't see what they're doing. I, I don't see it. It's not that bad. It's okay. They just hide their eyes. I'm going to be blind to it. Um, okay. Uh, hide their eyes from the man when he gives some of his descendants to Moloch, and they do not kill him, then I will set my face against that man and against his family, and I will cut him off from his people. And all who prostitute themselves with him to commit harlotry with Moloch. And the person <coughs> excuse me, who turns to mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute himself with them, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I, the Lord your God, for I am the Lord your God. And you shall keep my statutes and perform them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. For everyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood shall be upon him. The man who commits adultery with another man's wife or who commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. The man who lies with his father's wife has uncovered his father's nakedness. Now understand, in the Hebrew, there are three different words that are used for nakedness. And one means nudity, not having clothes on. That's not what's mentioned here. Because in that time of history, they didn't have the privacy that we have today. And so nakedness, nudity was not a big deal. But it's talking about for physical pleasure. That's the nakedness that's being spoken of, of here in this particular portion. And both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. If a man lies with his daughter-in-law, both of them shall surely be put to death. They have committed perversion. Their blood shall be upon them. If a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. If a man marries a woman and her mother, it is wickedness. They shall be burned with fire, both he and they and uh, that there may be no wickedness among you. If a man mates with an animal, he shall surely be put to death, and you shall kill the animal. If a woman approaches any animal and mates with it, you shall kill the woman and the animal. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. If a man takes his sister, his father's daughter or his mother's daughter, and sees her nakedness, and it's the nakedness I was speaking of earlier, <clears throat> and she sees his nakedness, it is a wicked thing, and they shall be cut off uh, in the sight of the people. He has uncovered his sister's nakedness. He shall bear his guilt. If a man lies with a woman during her sickness and uncovers her nakedness, and uh, he has exposed her flow, and she has uncovered the flow of her blood, both of them shall be cut off from, the, from their people. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister nor of your father's sister, for that would uncover his uh, near kin. They shall bear their guilt. If a man lies with his uncle's wife, 
He has uncovered his uncle's nakedness, and they shall bear their sin, and they shall die childless. If a man takes his brother's wife... Now, this is in the situation where the brother is still alive. Because actually, there are verses of Scripture that if a brother dies and, and um, his, you know, his wife is childless, then his brother is supposed to marry her. So this is talking about if someone marries his brother's wife and the brother is still alive. Okay, understand that. It is an unclean thing. He has uncovered his brother's nakedness. In other words, his wife's, who's, who should be his. And they shall be childless. You, sh- you shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my judgments and perform them, and, uh, that the land where I am bringing you to to dwell in may not vomit you out. And you shall not walk in the statutes of the nations which I am casting out before you. For they commit all these things, and therefore I abhor them. But I have said to you, you shall inherit their land, and I will give it to you to possess a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, who has separated you from the peoples. In other words, they should be different than the world, different than the way all of these other um, people are, who are sinning behave. And you shall therefore distinguish between clean animals and unclean, between unclean birds and clean. And you shall not make yourselves abominable by beast or by bird or by any kind of living thing that creeps on the ground, which I have separated uh, from you as unclean. Verse 26, And you shall be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and have separated you from the peoples, that you should be mine. A man or a woman who is a medium or who has familiar spirits, familiar spirits shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. So we look at this and we say, wow, that's awful. But what I'm sharing with you is that's the way the world is today. Those sins that seem so abnormal, and they are, and so gross, which they are, that's the way the world is today. The worship of Moloch, listen, was satanic, savage, cruel, brutal, and any other violent adjective that you could add. Moloch was a a statue that had the head of a cow and the body of a man with outstretched arms, in order to receive the children that would be sacrificed to him. That is the god Moloch. And he's called by different names, Chemush and so forth, in other parts of the, of the world. And Moloch was the chief god of the Canaanites. Understand that. And it's horrible because this image of Moloch had a hollow stomach in which a fire was built. <laughs> I'm going to... And when the fire was built, the arms of Moloch would become red hot and people would put their babies in the arms of Moloch as a sacrifice. And flutes and drums were played loudly to drown out the cries of the baby. And the parents were to stand without any tears or any sorrow because of the honor of sacrificing their child to Moloch. I mean, we look at that and we think, how unbelievable, unbelievable. In Joshua 6, 26, it says, At that time Joshua pronounced this solemn oath. Cursed before the Lord is the man who undertakes to rebuild the city of Jericho. Jericho was a hotbed of this kind of Moloch worship. And the reality is that that did happen. 
and we find out about it uh, in 1 Kings. That did happen. And they built the city, sacrificing their children in order to sanctify the city. How unbelievable is it? Now, think about this. Today, we have 60 million babies in the United States that have been sacrificed at the altar of career, convenience, and self since Roe v. Wade in 1973. Worldwide, since 1973, this is unbelievable, we have, we have 1 billion, 700 million worldwide babies that have been sacrificed to Moloch. It's unbelievable. The first city in the United States of America after Roe versus Wade that offered legal abortions was Syracuse, New York. Isn't that absolutely amazing? It's so, so amazing. And so we have to understand that when we see this, it should cause us to be aware that we have a responsibility to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because one of the things that I want to make very clear is that we no longer live under the law, but under grace. And there are many people who have fallen to some of these sins, and they can be completely forgiven. It's simply a matter of confession and repentance. Because rather than being put to death physically, we, we are born again. We die to our old nature, and we're born again to Jesus Christ. And so we have to realize and keep in mind that whatever sin anyone has committed, whatever sin, they can be completely forgiven and restored and made new, and they start over with a clean slate. How, how awesome is our God? Because you think of what I have read to you and what a contrast this is to what Jesus said about children. In Matthew 19 and verse 14, he says, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Now, God calls us to judgment if we allow ourselves to condone these kinds of things. Now, we have to realize that as believers, it doesn't relieve us from the responsibility that we have to point out error, to point out sin, to point out wrongdoing. And um, so we have to understand that um, the world lies in, in the hands of the wicked one. That's what Scripture tells us. The world lies in the hands of the wicked one. But you and I as believers have a responsibility to point out the way. For instance... If there's some young woman who was convinced and, and, you know, whatever it was to have an abortion, to go up to her and condemn her does no good and it's completely against God's word. But to go to that young woman and say, you can be forgiven. You can have a new life, a new start, a new beginning in Jesus Christ. Now you've given her eternal hope. And that's the way we should be with anyone who's been caught in sin Another uh, satanic practice of the Canaanites was the use of mediums. In other words, those who host evil spirits. They're the medium for the purpose of knowing and controlling the future. And of course, we all know that there's only one who can control the future. And it's not Satan, and it's not mediums. It's only God. And yet, 
It tells us in Matthew 24 and verses 24 through 25, for false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. So we have to understand that demonic influence is real. It's not just from the movies like The Exorcist or whatever. whatever. They're real. And there are people who host demonic spirits. They might not even realize it's a demon. They think it's some spirit guide or whatever. But they're hosting demons. And it's real. And we have to be aware of this that we can take a stand against this kind of uh, harlotry. That's what the Bible calls it. You know, um, verse 9 tells us, if anyone curses his father and mother, he must be put to death. And how sad it is that we live in a society that political correctness overshadows the Bible when it comes to raising our children. You understand what I'm saying? There are so many things that are out there. Like people say, well, this is what this person wrote about child rearing. This is what this person wrote. And this person is a professional. Well, I have the Word of God. And no one or anything can beat the Word of God for giving me proper instruction. And it instructs me how to raise my children. But the reality is that we're living in a, in a time in our society, if a parent raised their children, disciplined their children according to the Bible, their children could be taken from them. Pretty crazy. Pretty sad shows the times in which we're living. Because how have we allowed ourselves to get to this place? Have you ever thought about that? You know, to, to a lot of you, I'm really old. But compared to Nick, I'm not that old. No, I'm just joking. To, to a lot of you, I'm really old. But here's the point. Let me tell you how times have changed. When I was a little boy, and I got on the elevator, and everybody wore, baseball caps aren't new, you wore a baseball cap, and I got on the elevator, and a woman came on the elevator, you took your hat off. If you were coming up to a door and a woman was following behind you, you opened the door for her. If an adult, didn't have to be your parents, some of you who are old enough remember this, if, if an adult, one of the people in your neighborhood said, don't do that, okay. Times have changed. And now respect for adults, respect for parents has really gone down the tube. You know, how many cartoons, movies, and TV shows make a mocking of parents a laughing matter? In 2 Timothy chapter 3, and verse 2, prophesied this would happen. And yet... Even we as believers sometimes will watch these movies and these TV shows and laugh. Ha, 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 ha. Well, according to the Word of God, it's not a laughing matter. We have to understand that Jesus put his sacrificial death between us and sin. And therefore, we are without excuse. And if we show approval for these practices, listen, by approving what we see on TV or in movies, according to what we're reading here, we're guilty. Have you ever thought, and, and believe me, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. This was a very convicting message for me to work on. This was very convicting to me personally. 
Do you ever think about what we watch? What kind of movies we go see? Do you know what I'm saying? Or we watch on TV that have all these kinds of what the Bible calls sexual perversions, and we just watch it like it's just, it's just nothing. It's no big deal. We're living in a time, you know, Satan is called the prince and power of the air, right? That's what he's called in Scripture. We're living in a time that you can turn on your computer and you can look at and watch anything you want. And we think, well, the parents have, well, some computers, you can put parent controls, controls on them, but the kids know how to unlock it. No, they do. And, and, and the thing is, you ever see, you know, those sites will say, if you're not 18, don't enter. Can you imagine a 16-year-old saying, oh, gee. They're just going to go, Dick. All these things are available. And, you know, I was asking myself as I was working on this message, how am I? How's my life? What do I look at? What do I accept? Well, I'll tell you what. It was very convicting. Because the reality is this portion of Scripture is telling us if we accept these kinds of things, we're guilty also. You know, there's a verse of Scripture, and um, I don't know if I have it. Uh, here it is. It's in, it's in uh, Jeremiah 6.15. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 15, if you write verses down. Are they ashamed of their loathsome conduct? No. They have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. Wow. How many things, those of us that are a little older... How many things that we would have blushed over when we were younger, how many things that we would have been appalled by when we were younger are now common and just common viewing, and we just don't even think about it? Well, the fact of the matter is that we as a nation, we as a people, we have to ask ourselves, how did we get to this place? Well, the heart of man is exceedingly wicked beyond knowing who can find it out. Only God knows the heart of man. Now, one of the things that was um, I don't know, kind of encouraging to me is uh, we don't have actual cable TV. We have YouTube on our TV, and we're watching this thing about, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Kanye West, is that how you pronounce his name? Kanye West. And... He has had a born-again experience. In fact, we saw in this clip they had his, his wife, the Cardassian girl, and she's on The View, who usually jumps all over Christians and tears them apart. And she was talking about her husband was, was looking for purpose and help in life, and she said, you know, and he got like what he calls saved, born again. You know, he believes in Christ. And no one said a word to her, you know, but the point is she's saying that, and Kanye West is having Sunday services where he's only doing Christian rap now. And it's amazing. David Letterman said it was so inspiring that he felt something he hadn't felt in years and, and so forth. So there is hope out there. There are things that seem to be happening. And, of course, we know with some of these you know, big names that's here today, gone tomorrow... 
But so far, it seems to be something that is really real in this young man. And so there is hope out there. But brothers and sisters, you and I are the bearers of that hope. We are the light bearers. And if we're going to be messengers of the gospel of Jesus Christ to share the truth to this lost and dark world around us, then we have to be living it ourselves. We can't just be making excuses. You know, it's kind of like, this is my church face, you know, and this is my world face. No, no, no. We have to be God's all the time, 24 hours a day, because we have been bought with a price. We have been born again in the Spirit. We have the sign, seal, and deposit of God's Holy Spirit in our cardi, in our heart, in our inner man. We belong to Him, and we should live that way 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It doesn't mean we won't make mistakes. It doesn't mean we won't fall. That's why we have the grace and mercy of God as such a comfort. And that's, you know my favorite verse, right? Though a righteous man, this is defining a righteous man. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. But understand what it's telling us about the righteous man. He rises again. But some of us don't even want to rise above the immorality of this world. It's one thing to fall and allow yourself to do whatever or view whatever and, and, and say, oh, God, forgive me, and rise back up. But it's another thing to stay down there and just be swimming in. Oh, this is okay. The world's changed. Times are different. And all the while, the heat is building up. The heat is building up. The heat is building up. We have to understand, God makes it clear that there are no gray areas. There's either light or darkness. There's either clean or unclean. You know, I've heard people that I've had opportunity to talk with and to try to encourage in the Lord, and they're involved in some kind of sin or some kind of immoral situation, and they'll say to me, God understands. And I say to them, yes, he does. (laughs) He does understand. But it might not be what you're thinking he understands. And so we have to realize that, I mean, do you understand that not only prophetically is Ezekiel 38, I mean, it's right there, ready to happen. Israel's a nation. That was the key. That was the set button. And then we see the immorality of this world all around us. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is coming back. And very soon for his church... Rich Hayward, maybe we can get him to sing the song again. He used to sing a song, Are You Ready? Very moving song, Are You Ready? And so I leave you with this. Are you ready? Are you ready? Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, and we thank you for grace. We thank you for mercy and forgiveness and for the fact that we don't have to stay swimming around in the cesspool. We can cry out to you and to rise up, to be washed clean and given another opportunity to be your witness in this world. I pray, Father, that you would bring us to a place where our greatest desire would to be walk in the light as you are in the light and to have fellowship with one another. And then the blood of Jesus Christ, your Son, cleanses us from all sin, as it tells us in 1 John chapter 1. 
And I pray, Father, that we would have that cleansing, that we would have that encouragement, that strength. Fill us and empower us with your Holy Spirit. Bring revival to our hearts personally and to our, our church collectively. And so, Father, I just commit our hearts, our lives, our church into your hands, praying that you would work miraculously. And I ask this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, my friends.